Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Hanging out with you guys from the East Valley Institute of the Technology, where you've got just about every trade skill set hanging out here. And as we do every week, we are honored to hang with you mechanical maniacs in your car, at your home, at work, or in the service bay. journey every single week we are honored honored to spend it with you you guys spend a little time with us we are family and the show is all about community this show is all about highlighting the automotive industry in a positive way where we've had guests like wayne carini i loved wayne carini Susie. that was a good one wayne was a humble cat and you guys can catch well over 182 shows and get on to ranchnation.tv i invite you to leave an email no, we're not selling you spam or junk or penny stocks, but join our weekly newsletter uh, where we do report on things from inside the garage and our shows, and that's a great place to come and hang with us. And uh, again, I'm grateful to hang with you guys every week. And I got to say something with Evit. Uh, some of you are sort of redirecting your adult life. You may be retired early. You're 47. Maybe you're out of the military. Well, EVID has adult education programs, right? So from collision repair to automotive to cosmetology. So when we say we're broadcasting from the East Valley Institute of Technology, one of the premier schools, remember, if you're an adult out there, they've got a ton of stuff. In fact, surgical technologist. That is so cool. Now, weren't you just watching a makeup program yesterday? Well, this is what happens when you have children. You got young <laughs> girls. You come home and my head's full of, you know, gearhead stuff. I'm grateful sometimes that I've got to drive, right? I got a 40-minute drive or whatever because I can wind down. But I get home and these kids, their face, their eyeballs are glued to the YouTube on the big screen. And I'm like, what is this? Uh, what was it? M-U-A. You know what MUA is? No, I don't. It's a car show, but we'll talk about it. Make <laughs> <laughs> makeup artist. artist. And I'm and, and I got sucked in because they got all the stuff on the face and they're competing. And but anyway, that now was, are you going to go to cosmetology school now? Uh, no, I would not go to okay, that school. Then. Although I love all my cosmetologists, you make us look beautiful. <laughs> uh, this week, I want to break into the show before we get into our shoutouts and we get into uh, uh, well, we could talk about some car tips real quick. Uh, we're uh, every week we bring you uh, some pretty cool topics. Uh, you guys have reached out, and we are uh, happy that you're communicating with us. Finally, we knocked on your door and said, hey, come join our tribe. Uh, we are talking about uh, the last open road was the title of the show that we came up with, the highs and lows of motorsports experience. I mean, no matter what you do, you got highs and lows, but if you're on that racetrack, we've talked to many in the past that get into the zone, but no matter what, there's some highs and lows. And so Bert Levy has a storied automotive industry career. Bert Levy has a book, and it's actually uh, The Last Open Road. It's a novel, and he kind of talks about how a young mechanic from Passaic, New Jersey, gets involved in automobile road racing. Uh, during what was the 50s. Now, before I lose you, lose you guys, some of you young 20-somethings, don't worry. 1950s was not that long ago. Take it easy. 
But Bert Levy has uh, seen a, a just a variety of situations uh, in the automotive industry, uh, from selling cars to opening his own garage. That lasted maybe just a few minutes. <laughs> He'll talk about that. To really getting on to the racetrack, SCCA, right? We had the Bishops on, the right. founders, founder son of, of uh, Scott Bishop. And, and so Bert has really been able to, to take his experience, of course, he shared this uh, some time ago with Jay Leno, and really tell the story. How many of you guys got into a really good book, right? You, maybe you didn't know the author, and you, you just got into it. Maybe it was a recommendation, and, and all of a sudden, you're 10 chapters deep, and it's one in the morning. Well, wait a minute. I got to ask the question. How many of you still read a book? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you, Bert Levy does have an audio book. And I thought the audio book was pretty cool. So Bert Levy is our guest. We're going to dive back into time, talk about his history uh, and his incredible, unique way, his voice of his history. And in fact, I'll tell you, he's in the top 20 for motorsports books out there. I mean, anybody in the world of racing knows that one of the Bibles of books is the last open road. So we are honored to have Bert Levy. Susie Sockets, what's shaking in your world, girl? I'm amazing, Frank. Let's do the shout-outs. We got shout-outs, but we got to remind you of the rules. If you want to shout-out, you got to come down and enjoy a cup of coffee or tea. We have a lot of folks from England. You guys like tea? Well, we got tea, too. <laughs> we give you a tour of the garage, and we give you a shout-out. So who's the shout-out That's this right. Week? So our first one is Nancy Rogan. Oh. Now, she came to the shop yesterday. Well, actually came to our event, the Taiwan On for Safety, the MAD event, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Great event. Yes. Came in and got to know us a little bit. So we want to give her a shout-out for coming in. And then the second one well, is- Well, hold on a minute. Yeah. Nancy Rogan, you got a shout-out if you're listening? We love you. Thank you. Oh, you're listening, Nancy. I know you are. All right. The second one. Now, this was a special one because, you know, you've had your first love before with a car and maybe even with a girl or a guy, right? Well, for me, it was the New York City subway. I didn't start <laughs> driving. <laughs> <laughs> so we had Christian Lopez come in. All right. Now, he owns a 1999 Pontiac Grand Am GT, and I'm sure he loves this car. Oh, you said GT. GT. You put a GT on anything. Put the GT. I don't care if you got sneakers. You put GT on a pair of $20 sneakers. Oh, those oh, sneakers. Oh, snap. Ooh, snap. <laughs> so he actually wants to give a shout out to a young lady. Now, I think I'm going to pronounce it right. Maybe Ona. Hold on a minute. This is the love line. This is the love line. Everybody listen. So, so Ona, I believe is her name. And um, so he wants her to know that he loves her and he wants to go out on a second date, Frank. I love that. Isn't that cute? I think it's car related because how many can you relate? You get that ride, you're single. How many of you buy a car based upon, man, I'm looking good in this one. <laughs> we all do. We now do. we have our different flavors, but all my single peeps out there, you look at that passenger seat and you say, wow, someday I'm going to have a hottie in that seat. <laughs> and so he's asking for a second date. Yeah. Little Ona. Ona, if you're listening. Give the man a second date, but you got to come by the garage for a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So there are your shout outs. I, I want to share out some news here. Uh, we, we've had, uh, yeah, there's always something going on. Of course, Elon Musk in the, in the cyber truck. Are we going to talk about Elon? No, no, not. Okay. We're going to give Tesla a break. But I will say, I think all of you automotive gearheads should celebrate because guess what happened? Guess what happened? What happened? 
Who do we have on the Hollywood star, the Walk of Fame in Hollywood? Well, we got several. Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. Who else we got? Marilyn Monroe. Madonna. We have Jenny Leto. How about the Chevy Suburban? What? (laughs) As a Hollywood star? The Chevy Suburban is the first car to get a Hollywood Walk of Fame. Wow. Whoop, whoop for the Suburban. Yeah, yeah. Suburban, a lot of you drive the Suburban. Yeah. You got a lot of kids back there. I had a Suburban. We have them in the garage. Yep. We fix them. Yep. And the Hollywood Walk of Fame is now awarding its first star to a car. Based well, in this on case, what? Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, uh, you listening, well, I mean, you probably, in fact, I think we posted this up somewhere and somebody said, well, why not Dodge? Oh, yeah. I don't know. There was some, uh, maybe, maybe, I don't, that's a good question. That is a good question. We'll and pose it, it to you guys listening if you want to text us, 480 655 8870. The Chevy Suburban is now on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We have no idea why they would pick that Chevy Suburban over perhaps, you know, a Dodge Aspen. Well, there it is. That is the star with the Chevy Suburban on it. Wow. I mean, I could think about maybe the Volkswagen, like Herbie. Remember the movie? Yeah. Why not give it to Herbie, the Volkswagen? Oh, I like Herbie. Yeah. So, uh, Dennis McCarthy, a veteran Hollywood picture car coordinator, he said... When a convoy of black Suburbans appears on screen, I think this is the gig. That's it, because it it's a decoy car. It's been in a lot of movies, yep. people. Yep, that's why. Bunch of schmucks on Wrench Nation can't figure that out. Like John Wick, for instance. Oh. And the Hills Have Eyes, for instance. Look at the Google help us out. I'm telling you. So this has been in a lot of movies. Uh, are you guys upset about that? Do you think the Suburban deserves it? There were a lot of other, I think, Christ, Dodge Chrysler back in the 70s. Right, right. Well, that's your, that's the Chevy Suburban. So if you go to Hollywood, try not to get pickpocketed, but if you go to Hollywood, get down and check out the Suburban Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, it actually shows that it's the it's a big tourist draw featuring more than 25, yeah, 2,600 stars, and it's a big tourist draw. I just don't know how I can convey that to my kids that want to go to Disneyland. Um, kids, we're going to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We must <laughs> see the Suburban... <laughs> Star. <laughs> Could we get away with that conversation with a 10-year-old? I don't think so. It's all slime and all that. Well, anyway, there's your news, and uh, we are going to bring Bert Levy in. I want you guys to hang tight. Uh, Bert's had a storied career, um, just the ups and downs, the highs and lows of motorsports. Uh, he has raced in a TR3 Triumph. He's gotten behind the wheel of a Porsche 356. The man has seen some stuff behind the wheel, and you know what? Bert is not that guy that you'll see as a champion racer. He's got a pretty funny way about how he was able to lose, keep his sense of pride, and get back on the track to what is over, I think it's over 100 races, people. Wow. He never gave up. And he's a wonderful, wonderful author of The Last Open Road. Stay tuned. Ranch Nation, next. Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time, the quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you are an installer, get on to partsauthority.com, check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. 
Welcome back, Wrench Nation. All you mechanical maniacs, head on over to WrenchNation.tv. Big shout out to Saturday. Saturday, our KFNX family. You guys rock 90.7, 88.7, the pulse again. You can catch that. And of course, our podcast family. You guys give us a tough time. You have seen your emails come through. <laughs> well, why didn't you talk about this? And you change a topic. We want to keep it automotive. Maybe. I don't know. We'll turn this into a live show someday. Funny. Uh, Bert Levy is a guy that can tell you about life. Author, racer, Bert B.S. Levy. Celebrating. B.S.? His nickname. We're going to find out. Okay. If you got the nickname or middle name of B.S., there's a title. We want to know why. There's a story. He's a classic uh, author of a novel. About a blue-collar, 19-year-old New Jersey gas station mechanic. God, that sounds so historic. Like, it, it, like, yeah. You just, gas station mechanic. Yeah. Now we're automotive technicians working on 100 <laughs> lines of code. Uh, let's bring in Mr. Bert Levy. Bert, you're hanging with us. How you doing, partner? Real good. Real good. Thanks for having me on. Well, I and mean. I was listening to your, your <laughs> segment about uh, Hollywood cars. Um, I don't think you saw it in my bio. I was uh, one of the stunt drivers in the Blues Brothers movie. Oh! Um, All right, they, Bert. They, <laughs> Let's they talk about wanna, that. <laughs> well, they didn't want to spend uh, union stunt money for all the people in all those cars. So they went to local racing clubs in the Chicago area because they were going to shoot here in Chicago, obviously. Uh, and they picked a bunch of instructors, and I was one of them to... Uh, Wheel the cars around, not at the front doing the stunts, but all those cars in the in the long line behind. Uh, the mayor made him a deal and sold him, I forget how many uh, used up cop cars. Uh, I know, love it. I movie. mean, but what, what comes to mind, Bert, is uh, did you have all these stunt people picketing? Uh, what do they call those? Uh, scabbers? Or <laughs> no, sca- no, no, Were no. you a scabber? <laughs> they, they, hey, you know, one, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And actually, the the stunt coordinator and his top guys were all desert motorcycle racers from California. Bud Eakins was the stunt coordinator. Wow. And J.N. Roberts, who used to be a hell of a motocross racer, yeah. uh, was a guy I worked with a little. It, it was fun. Yeah. And anyhow. All right. So uh, I want to remind the people, because we got to do this. A lot of you may be at home. You're listening to the replay lastopenroad.com I want you guys to go on to that website and while we explore the journey with Bert Levy um, you can kind of get a perspective of uh, Bert Levy's website now Bert we got to ask you we got to start the show well if you got a nick middle name of BS now how did BS come around <laughs> well my real name my given name thanks to my folks is Bert Samuel Levy oh, and right, when so. I started writing a column for Vintage Motorsport magazine I had written for a couple other magazines before that, and I found a home there. And my editor, who also was a wonderful graphic artist and turned out to be the guy that did all of my book covers until he passed away, um, he said, you know, with your line of crap, you're, you're, we're going to call your column pure BS. And <laughs> that, that says stuck. And last year, last summer, uh, my column was awarded best automotive column uh, at the uh, Concours of America by the Automotive Heritage Foundation. Well, congratulations. That, that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, this book, uh, Last Open Road, really follows the, the story of Buddy Palumbo, the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, was Buddy Palumbo you? A kind of. I mean, my wife and I opened a car shop when we first got married because uh, I was going to be a professional race driver. I forget, needed a shop. That was one of the many 
crazy, stupid notions I had that didn't quite work out. That's okay. But, we're with you. I'm 20 years later. We're, we're really crazy. <laughs> well, our problem was we, we tried to be all things to all people. We're restoring a Morgan uh, next to doing a muffler on a rusty Volkswagen. And that's just you're better off to find one thing that you do really well. Uh, and do that. But I was too stupid and too ambitious and wouldn't listen to anybody. And, you know, but that's where all the stories came from. Yeah. Over um, your time, you know, Bert, going back, obviously big differences that you see. You've you've talked to many in the industry. If I were to just arrive here from another planet and you had to tell me what the differences were in the hospitality, by the way, of the old school gas station and maybe some of the service we just don't get today. Oh, the guy, the guy would come out and, you know, do your windshield, check your oil. You get the little uh, beam, baby. You run over that little thing and go, bing, bing, bing. Yep. You know, yeah. When, bing, when you hear the audio book, that's one of our signature sound effects that we dragged out from the past. And people my age and uh, close to my age love it. They hear that ding, ding, and they know exactly what it is. And uh, high school kids today, they hear that ding, ding. They have no idea. You know, no Susie, I, I'm thinking, Bert, and i got to share this with you. Um, you know, we're crazy like that, but we have a red carpet in front of our little That's door right. into the lounge. Sure. And, and we people walk the red carpet. That's right. Once in a while, they steal the red carpet. Frank goes out <laughs> and gets another red carpet. But I may just, you give me an idea just to throw back. And we have all kinds, Bert, that come through the garage. But, Susie, we need to get one of those little ding-dings. Should we get a ding ding? I'm saying get the you ding should. dings. We're going to bring it back. Okay. <laughs> Does that mean I got to go book. wash the windshield though? Well, if we hear that, the ding ding. Well, that well, you we, that's uh, service. Yeah. That is, is well, service. it is service. You're right. We give out teddy bears instead. <laughs> oh, that's right, we do. <laughs> so, so Bert, you go back in time, and so here you are. You you, you kind of said, you know, right after you married Carol, is that your wife? Right. You said, you know what? Let's open up a garage. Take us back to that yeah. time. What was your driving motivating force behind that? You know, I think I think lack of imagination helps. I mean, you have to have a lot of <laughs> imagination, but lack of imagination when it comes to all the bad things that could go wrong. Uh, we were quite a match. I'd just gotten back from being a hippie on the West Coast, uh, <laughs> working as a uh, as actually the foreman of a hippie leather clothing factory, a communal leather clothing factory in the Berkeley area. And my wife was straight as an arrow, went to all Catholic schools, and we got fixed up by a blind date, on a blind date, and the very first night we both knew that this was, this was a fit. I don't know so, all right, so you said hippie, um, mm -hmm. and now we have to introduce the name of the infamous startup. That was Mellon Motors in Chicago? Mellon no. Motors. Mellow really? Motors. Mellow. Mellow. No. Not Mellow. Oh, Mellow, yeah. Mellow. Yeah, Mellow. Yeah, Mellow, like and a, a, actually the <laughs> the motors that rolled out of our shop were not generally too mellow. But <laughs> the mechanics, especially about four o'clock in the afternoon, could get extremely mellow. And uh, you know, it was a different time. It was a different and, time, and 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 now we've got to have. You know, our first aid kit in the shop has to have a marijuana card of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask you, yeah, I, going back, go you, you married Carol. You guys are together. Yeah. You guys are ready for the world, ready for life's journey. Here's here's Carol, and, and Carol's, you know, a conservative a little bit, and here's the time. 
did she did you say no we we can't do this or was she real supportive about the initial journey you know i was so sure of what i was doing i was wrong but i was so sure <laughs> and she had faith in me and when we went to when i wrote the first book i mean it took me 8 years i didn't know how to write a book and i sat down and this true story i sat down with a terrible rum, rum hangover on a morning at the uh, Grand Bahama Vintage Grand Prix. And I'd been thinking about writing a novel about racing. Wow. I don't know why, but I had been. And I just started writing. It took me eight years because I didn't know how to write a book. And I kept going up blind alleys and getting stumped and giving up. And then I'd try again. So I finally got to the end and I sent it off to every publisher in New York. I thought it was pretty good. And all we got were rejection slips. And one particular, I talked to this one particular publishing executive. He said, oh, it's a wonderful story, but there's no market. Those people don't read. And I got. Oh, no. Yeah. I got my whole business plan was I'll show you. And well, so that was I'm enough. Like, that was enough rejection. And I'm speaking to a lot of youngsters that listen to the show because no, sh- that word. No. Yeah. Learn yeah. how to love the word no that's right embrace yeah. that as a as a, a great motivator let me tell you you're in the gym you think you're working out uh-uh put a couple of no's on that barbell and lift that son of a gun because that's the courage and and it's really cool that you you just said you know what and you were humble about it but you said i think i'm good enough you guys rejected me look out here i come that's well, right we, we took we didn't have the money to do it and carol said how are we going to do this and we took out a second mortgage on our house and sunk it into the first printing of the last open road. And then we had no idea how to market it. Uh, that was tougher in a lot of ways than, than writing the book. Uh, but eventually it started getting some recognition and good reviews. And we sold out two printings, got picked up by a major publisher who we later bought the rights back from because they weren't doing, I thought, a very good job with it. And now it's in its 10th printing. And uh, if you ever come to the races in the Midwest, vintage races, you'll see the last open road decals. And I would say 25% of the race cars. We need to get that to like the books. We Did it to... eventually uh, pay off your second mortgage? Uh, yes. Nice. We, we, well, the second book, Montezuma's Ferrari, by the time I finished the first book, I'd come to the conclusion that uh, the publishing business was really a lousy business. Uh, you have to lay all your money out in front and then try to make it back 30, 35 bucks at a time. And we're talking 15 grand that you have to lay out. And so I had an idea. Why not fund a book project the same way my racing is funded with sponsorship and advertising? So starting with the second book, there's a little color section in it with our sponsors and advertisers in it. And we raised enough money to not only print the second book, but to buy back the rights for the first book uh, from the from the publisher that had it. And we've done used that idea in every everything we've done since, including uh, the new audio book. Uh, we've got sponsors like Mazda Motorsports, Road America. Uh, each chapter has a sponsor. Yeah, that's the way yeah. to do it. I love that. Good job. Before we get to break, I, I'm fascinated about the Hippie Leather Clothing Company. 
Um, oh, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> you you sort of came full circle as as sort of as a writer, somebody that wanted to really express and more importantly share. I mean, I think uh, as an author, it, that just sends chills down your spine when you can share your journey with other people. Um, the hippie culture and the hippie lifestyle, that's still with you today? No, not really. Uh, Why not? You know, it, <laughs> well, the times are different. You know, the... But do and, you change? Know, do you change? I mean, isn't like always a hippie, there, a hippie, always a hippie? I it, Part of it stays with you. Right. You know, I... I you know, there's a lot of things that it, it, you would think nothing, because I've done it. Uh, I remember we were camping up in the mountains over Boulder, Colorado, and we had a flat on the car, and I hitchhiked into Denver because we didn't have any money with the tire to see if I could find a used tire to put on. A thing. You wouldn't dare go out on the highway and stick your thumb out today or pick somebody up today like yeah, that. Yeah, it was That's a different, it's it a different was, time. It was a yeah. different world. Different time. I remember my girlfriend in college and I were I was doing a film about a guy that owned a 289 Cobra race car that lived in the same town we're in and I'd seen the car. I said, I want to do a film about this. So we're hitchhiking from the middle of Michigan down to Mansfield, Ohio, where mid-Ohio racetrack is, carrying all this camera equipment. I mean, we'd borrowed the camera equipment from the school, and it was thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And we're sitting there by the side of the road with our thumbs out. <laughs> and uh, we almost made it all the way, and all of a sudden we stopped getting picked up. Yeah, Nobody did. would stop. And what had happened, that was the day that Richard Speck killed those eight student nurses in Chicago. And it's oh, wow. that came over the radio. Yeah. Yeah. that came over the radio. Uh, you know, it, it's like when you're fishing and all of a sudden they stop biting. Yeah. Um, so nobody yeah, was out. You, you had your thumb out for a while on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We well, listen. made it down there. Yeah. Go ahead. Bert, we got we to gotta head off to break. If you're just joining us, uh, honored to have uh, Bert Levy, lastopenroad.com, uh, has a series of books as well as audiobooks. We're actually going to tap Bert into his beginning of racing and uh, some of his trials and tribulations behind the wheel. And we definitely got to talk to him about, there was a brief moment in Bert's life where he was a used car salesman. Ooh. Yes. Stay tuned. French Nation. Bolt-On Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. I want my mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. I got my mileage. Welcome back, family. Wrench Nation, wrenchnation.tv. Get on there if you dip in and out of the show. All my podcast family, you can get on uh, at a later time and peruse the whole library of uh, shows. We've had uh, Wayne Carini and Greg Jackson and Princess Barwani, the automotive artist. And in fact, one of our favorite shows was uh, the interview with Noor Daoud, who's a Palestinian female drift racer. But on today's show, I want you guys to get on to lastopenroad.com. 
What a wonderful series of books written by our guest, uh, Bert Levy. Bert, are you still hanging? I am. Yes, great. Uh, I do invite the folks, uh, your website, uh, lastopenroad.com. Of course, the book's on Amazon and the audio book. Um, mm -hmm. Finzio store, Bert's blog, the video gallery. There's a, you know what? Get yourself a drink and peruse the lastopenroad.com website. Really love it. You've got quite a few things in Jay Leno's interview uh, that you can catch, of course, on YouTube. This has been a journey for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you just got to, my, my dad used to say something. There's only one thing you ever need to know, and that's what you have to do next. And I like that. I like that, yeah, too. It's, it's probably terrible advice. I mean, we've we've gone upstream and up, up the wrong stream so many times. But uh, what an adventure we've been on, Carol and I. And it's, you know, it's it's paying off. I mean, we've got an audience and that likes my stuff. Uh, and all and what a life we've had. You know, yeah. I've gotten to race all different kinds of cars and. Uh, We're going to get to the race cars. I'd, I'd like to segue back into uh, based upon um, knowing what to do next, right? Did you yeah. know you would be selling used cars for a uh, Lober Motor someday? I mean, you were a used car salesman. Oh, God, I don't know why. I, I sold new and used. It was actually an interesting time to be selling cars. Um, I had, okay, when. We sold our shop. We really should have gone bankrupt, but we found someone even stupider than ourselves to buy it. <laughs> and um, I needed a job, uh, and I got a job as a service writer at a Lincoln Mercury dealership, and I didn't like that at all. And I answered an ad to for a Mercedes-Benz service manager, and I went in and did the interview, and I flunked the interview. Basically, the guy looked at me at the end. The general manager, he said, "I can't hire you as a say, you know as a service manager. You don't know how to do warranty. You, you really, but you've got a great line of bullshit. I'll hire you as a salesman <laughs> right this minute. But not hence and the he BS, hired, right? Yeah. <laughs> not the initial and, and he nickname. hired me, and I wound up at Lober Motors, uh, and. I loved it there. It was the first time I started to make some decent money. Why Lover did you? Were you? What was your attraction? I mean, you say you love it because we we probably have a few used car, new car salespeople that regularly listen to the show. What did you love about that? Well, Lober was the only Mercedes Benz dealer in downtown Chicago. We had Mercedes Benz, Rolls Royce, Alfa Romeo, and Volkswagen. And Volkswagen at that time, this would be 1977, they had the fuel-injected Rabbit, which I honestly believed in my heart of hearts was the best small car you could buy at the time. And at the same time, Mercedes, to meet the CAFE ratings, the uh, corporate average uh, fuel economy, sure. was bringing in a heavy mix of diesels, which were essentially sale-proof. Were they cheating? Were they cheating back then? No, no, no. They that came later. Yeah, they came later for sure. But at any rate, uh, I made more money selling Volkswagens, Rabbits, than a lot of the Mercedes and Rolls salesmen were making because they were giving away the diesels. Uh, you know, there weren't enough customers for them, and you could get full list on a Rabbit. Uh, and I actually had, there's a story in my short story book, I had a used Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow convertible taken from me at gunpoint on a test drive. Uh, Where were you at? You were in Chicago? 
Yeah, in Chicago. You got uh, dude. You know, most used car salesmen they carry guns. What's wrong with you? Did you have a gun back then? <laughs> in those days, we didn't. It was peace and love back then. It was peace and love. Did you? Did you just don't mess with me. <laughs> the, the story is in the short story book, and I'm not going to give it away. But uh, when you find out find out what the guy did for a living that took the car, you won't believe it. But oh, it's true. Now you got to sell it. You got to read the book, people. Lastopenroad.com. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's in the Potside Companion, my short story collection oh, for reading on the well, can. You got a whole library, Bert. Yeah. So, anyhow, next question. All right. So, let's. Uh, <laughs> well, I kind of want to go back to the gunpoint. You kind of teased us. Yeah. Like a, I mean, you're well, still with us today. Really, we know that. Uh, so, that yeah. wasn't. It the, actually, what happened, um, the guy. You know, when when you're in a situation like that, and you run into two men racing as well, you don't have time to be scared. you got to think about, what am I going to do? And later on, after the fact, you get scared. And at the time, we were out in a wooded area west of Chicago. Don't even ask how we wound up out there with the car, but he was Well, we'll just leave it at it. It was the 70s. <laughs> yeah. He, no, he, he told me he wanted to show the car to his father. And all of a sudden, he pulls a gun out. And I'm wow. thinking, and he looked shaky, and he looked like he didn't know what he was going to do next. And I thought, Jesus, i got to get out of here. And uh, we pulled up to a four-way stop. I'm driving. He's sitting next to me with a gun in my ribs. And it happened that a van pulled up behind us, a tradesman's van. And another car came from the left and stopped at the stop sign. And I looked at him, I said, if you're going to kill me, you're going to do it right here in front of all these people. And I pulled the car in the middle of the intersection so nobody could go anywhere, and I bailed out. Wow. And he, yeah, and he turned around for a second, and then he hopped behind the wheel and drove off. And uh, it was just, you, there. it was two days later, I'm sitting watching TV with my wife, and all of a sudden I start to shake because it occurs to you what could have happened. But it didn't. You know, it, it's just... It's yeah. one of those things. Talk about shaking. You're behind the wheel of a TR3. You you, you oh, start God. your racing journey. You said, <laughs> you know what? That melon shop. That Mellow. I keep calling mellow it melon. Motors. We need to keep it mellow. Yeah, mellow. Yeah. yeah. Um, you got behind the wheel in some racing. What were you thinking? Well, <clears throat> it's something I'd always wanted to do. And I don't know why that's true, because usually you catch it from someone in your family. You get the racing disease. No one in my family cared much about it, but I think it was my, my brother's best friend. Was a, a, I was into hot rods, plastic models of hot rods anyway. And uh, I guess I was about 14. And he was into, you know, European racing, Le Mans, Grand Prix, you know, MG, Maserati, all that stuff. And... I thought he was, he rode around town on a little Vespa motor scooter, and he wore sunglasses even at night. And I thought, this is the coolest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> i got to get into what he's into. And so I started learning the chapter and verse of uh, sports cars and sports car racing and wanted to do it for a long time. And finally, uh, I spent $600 on a used TR3 race car that, wasn't worth 200 but i didn't know that at the time and got it together put a clutch in it with the help of a mechanic i knew and went to my first driver's school and my first race the next day and had a wheel fall off oh jeez. two races later i had another wheel fall off what'd your mechanic uh, say 
Uh, well, I was the mechanic, oh. and, and I was doing all my own work. And to be honest, I had no idea what I was doing. I remember a guy, the guy that turned out to be my mentor uh, early on in my career, was a tough, mean old uh, ex-Marine hard hat di- driver diver uh, who was a machinist. And he ran a TR three, and he kind of took pity on me when he came by. It was my first or second race. And the rear motor mount that's under the transmission had broken. You know, there's a rubber block there. Sure, yeah. And I'm underneath the car with a piece of chain trying to chain the back of the transmission down <laughs> to the cross member. You just wouldn't he, give up. You you really he, wanted he, to he race. Could, yeah. He could see I needed help. But I got to say, driving a race car is one of two things in my life that I look forward to with so much anticipation. And when I finally did it, it was even better than what I dreamed. And we don't have to go into what the second one was, but you can probably figure that out. (laughs) Uh, And I just, I loved it. And I raced out of my own pocket uh, for, oh my God. Well, you went on to SCCA uh, before we hit the break. We went, you went on to SCCA and you've had one year of SCCA. How many races do you have to your name? I've won over a hundred. Wow. I can't even tell you. I mean, I did my first race in 1971, and I'm five-time class champion. Uh, the guy I was driving for, and I won the Rolex Vintage Endurance Championship in 94 and 95, back-to-back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a good amateur driver. Well, you... I'm not a pro-level driver, but I'm a good amateur driver. Yeah, and you didn't give up, despite wheels flying no. and... <laughs> you didn't give up. Well, hey, you know. I think it, a good wheel past, flying will teach you a lesson to not see it. Maybe the third time, past, right? This past summer, I was driving a friend of mine that lives in the Phoenix area. I was driving his MG at Road America. And on the pace lap, the brake pedal went to the floor. Oh. With no effect. And here I am in a whole clot of cars behind the pace car heading up down a straightaway towards a tight corner and i got to figure out okay what do i do now and uh fortunately nothing terrible happened yeah but, uh, yeah yeah well bird i want you to hang with us we're gonna I will. Uh, just get real quick we have a next segment find out where you'll be um where folks can find you maybe there's some shows uh author novelist bert levy you guys check out last open road Dot com as well as uh, Amazon, Last Open Road. Bert, hang tight. We're coming back with you. Ranch Nation. Okay. I know you want me.
RanchNation.tv, I invite you guys to get on over there, catch some of our shows. We always invite comments and Facebook, of course, on social media, a little bit of Instagram, Twitter. We'd love to meet you guys there. And remember, I know we don't do a whole lot of car tips and stuff, but man, if you got a question about your car, either come down to the garage, Desert Car Care Chandler, or hit us up on social media. Uh, honored to have Burt Levy, uh, a true champion of life, first and foremost. Have seen a lot in the automotive industry. Burt, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. I can't wait to meet you, man. It'll happen. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy from Shoutown that was held up, and he was managed, he managed to get out of that situation. <laughs> that story in itself has been in my book. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, you are. You are. And, uh, of course, as we do with all of our guests, we, we uh, if you're in uh, the Chandler, outside the suburb of uh, Phoenix, uh, please come on down to the garage. We'll give you a tour introduce you to technicians and so on we'd love to have you and then maybe i can convince you to sign a book or something like that we, we could do that we, we can do that yeah raced in phoenix at the old they used to have a road course inside the oval i think they may still run there yeah and, there's there's uh, some vintage stuff that we still you know it's nothing like street outlaws at night you know but no, no. but we we actually um you know we had uh, quite a few folks on the show in the past and uh, lynn st james was on and of course, she's spirited, Rookie of the Year, yeah. uh, Indianapolis 500, and she's very active with the next generation and how we all want to sort she's of She's working pass. hard to get more women out there racing. And, and I'll tell you what, for it. she's making a good difference to that. And, and yeah. likewise, with you being able to sort of pass the torch of your life's experiences, you've touched a lot of not only car enthusiasts, but I'm sure that, you know, like folks that listen to our show that dip in and out, you know, it truly is about life. Like, you can't give up. And so, again, if you're just tuning in a little bit late in the show, Burt Levy, lastopenroad.com. Uh, get this series of books. There's an audio book. Uh, you can get that all on Amazon. Burt, before we disconnect. Hey, them, huh? they, they can't get the audio book on Amazon yet. That'll be, that's off in the future. Yeah. The audio book just debuted. It's brand new. It is brand new. Okay. Well, Last Open Road for updates. Bert, where can find for uh, where can people find maybe meet up with you? Do you got any tours or anything going on? What's your travels look oh, like yeah. next six well, months? Tomorrow I'll be at the PRI show in Indianapolis, uh, which is quite an event. Uh, then on Saturday I'm doing a book signing at a Christmas party up at Road America, which nice. is my home track. Uh, and then I got a kind of go into my cocoon and work on the next book, which I'm only about a year late with right now. Well, you also got to yeah. celebrate Christmas with Carol. Yeah, yeah. How about the yeah, grandkids? Our, <laughs> yeah, I wish we had grandkids, but oh, our okay. kids are coming in to, to spend the holidays with us, and that's always a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, and then uh, I'll be probably at, maybe at the Daytona 24, definitely at Sebring. Uh, a good friend of mine that uh, 
he and his son are actually voices on the audiobook, some of our mystery celebrity guest voices. Uh, he was the head of Mazda's racing operations in the United uh, in North America, wow. and he just got hired to be the uh, president of IMSA. So he's running that series now, and he's a wonderful guy, and I think I wish him all the best. I think he'll do well there. That's great. And uh, That's great. So, well, just know if you're in the southwest, particularly here in the desert, uh, if mm-hmm. I find out you're in our backyard and you didn't come visit our little humble garage. Oh, I would. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to race at Phoenix again. That was fun. Yeah, but well, we we got a track in front of the shop. You know, we got about 100 <laughs> feet. We can... We got a little uh, lawnmowers and go-karts. We can get out. Whatever. Hey, if it's got wheels, Bert, we're down, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Author, novelist, Bert Levy uh, on the show today, and we're just honored that you could spend time with us. Lastopenroad.com. Thank oh, you. Wait, there, Go ahead. I, 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 no, I was going to say, there's one question that uh, you haven't asked me, which is how I became known as the world's fastest novelist. I did not. Go ahead. You got a minute? Of course we do. Uh, how is uh, the fastest car I've ever driven is the Shadow that uh, won the 1974 Can-Am series, 958 horsepower and 1,100 pounds. Wow. Uh, but the fastest I've ever gone was in uh, Lee Holman's uh, Ford Mark II clone. And that was, we didn't have a speedometer in it, but we computed it out. That was 188 at VIR. Wow. So I don't think there's a lot of competition among novelists to to for world's fastest. So I think I'm I don't think by, so. By when default. You, I don't think so. Was Stephen King a racer? Nope. No. <laughs> uh, I don't. And the rest of the novelists. Um, so that's uh, AJ Bame has done some driving. The guy that did Art of Racing in the Rain, which is a very successful uh, book. My wife's read it. I haven't yet. But well, awesome. Awesome. I invite you guys to get on to lastopenroad.com. Smorgasbord, a plethora of great uh, website account of uh, Bert's history, along with a a great series of books. And then look out for the audio book that's going to be uh, highlighted. Bert, we appreciate you hanging with us. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you, brother. You too. Take care. Have a great holiday season. Bye-bye. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I tell you what, it, you know, you get you get people, and that's why I tell you guys listening all the time, just get on something with wheels. I mean, this is a man that lost a few wheels. He was a salesman. It's And so if we could just paint a picture for you listening that's just starting out, sometimes you don't know. All you know is like right now, maybe it's a little rough, but here's a man. Boy, he could easily just said, man, I got to pick something else. Yeah, very exciting guy. Yeah. Uh, as we do uh, uh, periodically, uh, such a community show as well here locally in Chandler. Of course, we got the holidays coming up. Uh, I want to give the floor over, uh, switching gears here, Michael Whitaker. Uh, welcome, uh, Michael. You're, you're doing two things that are pretty special. One of those coming up, talk about the one thing that you do around Veterans Day that people need to know. I know that's behind us, but for next year, go ahead. On 9-11, we do the healing field. Over at Tempe Town Lake. Tempe Town Lake. And this Saturday, we will do the Reeds Across America. Tell us what that is. Most people know what the Reeds Across America is because they've seen that wreath on the gravestone at Arlington. What they don't know is that that although the national cemeteries receive wreaths, private cemeteries do not unless they are registered. I got the Chandler Cemetery registered four years ago. There are 2,700 veterans in that cemetery. You live and breathe for the veterans. 
my dad's buried at the National Cemetery. He'll get a wreath. There's something I else. I want to identify the veterans who don't get wreaths. Something else that you're doing that I think is uh, really, really special. Talk to us about that. Well, we'll start this uh, Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. We typically have several hundred volunteers show up. We'll put out over 1,000 wreaths on the graves. And then at 10 o'clock, we'll have a memorial service recognizing each of the branches of the service. And our keynote speaker is Jack Holder, who's only one of three survivors in Arizona from Pearl Harbor. What was wow. your passion and drive? I mean, I know you've got family in the military. You, you, you're connected that way. But what keeps you driving uh, every year? Why, I mean, why are you doing this? Uh, who knows? <laughs> my dad was in for 28 years in the Air Force. My wife's a 30-year Army. Isn't it Command that way, though, sometimes? I mean, the who knows? How many of you listening right now just, like, you're compelled, you get up, and it just works out, and you're attracted to it? And sometimes asking the why I do it is not necessarily as the I am doing. Can I say that? Sometimes life is just serendipity, and my life is filled with serendipitous moments where I just, it happens. That's cool. And I just go from there. How can people help out? You can sponsor a wreath. There's 2,700 vets. I have 1,000 wreaths this year. I need a lot more wreaths. I won't get them this year, but put it on your calendar for next year. Put your small business or a corporation. Do a small business sponsorship of 10. Do a corporate sponsorship of 100. Yeah, these like things PayPal. just don't happen out of thin air. Right. We yeah. need the support. Well, yeah. uh, we appreciate you spending just a little time with us. Uh, we always like to highlight great things in the community. Thank you, Michael Whitaker. One more time, give us the date and location. Saturday. The 14th of December, Valley of the Sun, Mortuary and Cemetery on Chandler Heights Road between Arizona Avenue and Alma School. Yeah, all my veterans, my veteran families, and just in general, uh, listeners and fans of Wrench Nation, go out there and support. Uh, take a moment. Look, the life life moves fast, man. I mean, and sometimes we just, like, we got to take a moment mm-hmm. and uh, recognize and remember uh, those that have uh, served in the military. And I think that's Honor important. our vets, teach our children. Absolutely. Pass that torch. Go on a Wrench Nation Facebook because we may have some creative things happening in the garage like our year in review. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to put some highlights together for yeah. us. We Actually, this year has been great. And I do want to give a big shout out, not only to my family, my wife, my children, my seven dogs. Y'all been patient with me with this show, and I thank you. Also want to give a shout out to the team members at the garage, Desert Carcade Chandler. Big shout out to my co-host Susie Sockets, Miss Bree on the board. And we have a special guest who's been quietly hanging out first time in the radio studio. Ziggy. Ziggy. Ziggy's in the house. And one more driving force. The mystery. The hard working. Sherry Butler. Sherry's working behind the scenes, guys, to help us get these guests. You know, we run a garage and sometimes we need help. So Sherry. Butler, thank you so much for all your help. Part of the Wrench Nation family. As I tell you every week, people, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.